go. Hello and welcome to this week's French Football Weekly podcast, the favourite podcast of Thierry Henry, he told me himself. <laughs> uh, I am your host, Chris, and uh, this week it's a threesome, not in not in dirty way, so behave yourself. Uh, I have got myself and I've got Phil, first of all. Good evening, Phil. Hello. And we've also got Connor. Hello, Connor. Good evening, Chris. Right, uh, evening to you both. We've got uh, quite a lot to get through, so we're going to waste no time at all in launching into the action from the weekend's games, uh, which is where we're going to start before we have a little chat about the uh, prospects for French teams in Europe, or black thereof this week, whichever way you want to look at it. Um, we couldn't really start anywhere else uh, in terms of the weekend's action than uh, in Monica, or specifically in Caen. Uh, we'll come on to the other results for the evening's games, or the, the day's games later, but we're going to start with, with Thierry and co. Um, Phil, um, I uh, tweeted an amusing meme, um, you know, the one with Thierry Henry's hand on Jamie Carragher's lap, um, but uh, Monaco, Monaco have won a football match, uh, Radamel Falcao's free kick. Getting Fuck me, it's been a while. Um, uh, and it wasn't without controversy, was it, with that last minute goal being ruled out for Khan as well? Yes, so it still managed to be, you know, awkward and mm. stuff and yeah i mean we're we're hoping that this is kind of the only effect kicking in but given the injury list which i think has hit double figures it's it's still looking very dicey um we're gonna have a piece up on wednesday by our good friend uh Taz flora who's writing not mostly about Monaco, but about two of the youngsters who've kind of taken advantage of the lengthy injury list uh, to get some playing time, who are Hanoa Masenga and uh, Sofiane Diop, who uh, managed to display, put in a decent display against Club Booger in those two matches, despite his colleagues possibly not managing the same thing. So there's still a lot of, you know, positives that they've got there but they are still in a bad situation. Um, and they were playing Con, who of course are 17th and haven't won since whenever. 1994, so, I believe. In the last yeah, it, so it's like, this is good, but it's not great. Uh, and they host Montpellier, who are in third place at the weekend, which I'm guessing could well be a nil-nil draw. <laughs> I, I owe Khan supporters and club an apology because when I tipped them to have a good season, uh, that of course inevitably led to them being awful. So apologies to to Khan supporters. Um, is this a springboard, Connor, for you in terms of the this result? I mean, obviously it's it's I suppose an obvious thing to say. You know, you get a win, you want to build on it. But Monaco now surely they have to put a little run together, don't they? They can't do what I'd call in the trade a gang of, you know, get a good result and then go and lose three on the spin straight afterwards. They've got to take this this result into largely a dead rubber fixture in Europe, which I think is mm. Atletico Madrid. Mm-hmm. Um, not easy, to be fair. But even mm. a, a high-caliber performance, they've got to take these results on to Liga now, haven't they? That they certainly do. And, uh, you know, it does wonders for, for the mental state of the players and uh, especially the manager, I'm sure, obviously his first um, full club role. I think, as you mentioned there, the the dead rubber, you kind of almost want them to ignore it. I'm sure they wouldn't even want to play at this point. The fact that they're, um, you know, they need to win and Club Brugge to lose and then the sixth match day to go their way as well to even get into Europa League. And I that's think against probably, Dortmund. Yeah, exactly. Um, which is 
not an easy game either. So, you know, if anything, they'd probably rather not have the game and maintain their confidence for next weekend against Montpellier. Um, following that, it's away at Amiens as well. So, you know, a winnable fixture after that. So I think it's really about steadying the ship at this point. And, uh, you know, now that uh, they've got their head above water, at least in terms of, um, you know, they're not adrift uh, with Gangon at the bottom of the table, they can hopefully use it as a springboard, as you say, and, uh, and look forward to the next results. Yeah, I agree. And surely at this stage, it, it'd be better for them to not be in Europe, wouldn't it? I mean, that that's going to be, that's well, a ship for a, another, another ocean. Find where they are. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's just one of those situations where you could just see them now going and getting a result in Madrid and thinking, oh, crikey, what are we going to do? But no, I think, I think you're right. I think they've, they've got to take this on. And as you, as you look at the table now, I think the other the other sort of uh, important thing to note here is that result in Calm brings them just two points behind the team they've beaten um, with Amiens also losing at the weekend, Dijon picking up a draw. And as you mentioned there, Conor Gangon losing, it just tightens that up. An- another win for Monaco and all of a sudden their sort of upper bottom table area, which is you know, still obviously not ideal, but Liga is, as it is, is very, very close. I think there's seven points between 10th and 19th. So it, it is, it is tight. Um, what would you, one quick question I want to ask you both really in terms of um, what you see happening moving forwards is there's this sort of issue going on in the background with, um, with Rebelov and his sort of documented issues if that was to go a bit more wonky as it could well still do, does that affect what they could do in January or indeed the long-term health of the project? Do you I think, th- Phil? January, yes, because of the money issue, but it's already he's already pulled a lot of the money out after the whole divorce thing, even before the cops got involved and there was, you know, Da Vinci pictures getting into... This does just feel like it's the next Oceans film, doesn't it? It does a bit. Like yeah, there's high art, there's femme fatales, there's Russian billionaires, and somewhere in the midst of this is some poor fucker trying to win a football match. It's like <laughs> it's getting a little bit awkward. Um, but yeah, but the thing is, what they're lacking at the moment is fit players. They already have the mm. players. They've got yeah. like sixteen of them out on loan as well. You know, so it's it's not for want of squad uh that this issue has come up. It's having the squad actually able to all stand up simultaneously and, and working out how to use them. So you know hopefully Henri now has got a bit better grip on that and the injury thing will abate you know, gently over time and with these young guys coming in and, you know, doing a decent job and staking a claim, it's like it could work. But yeah, I mean, they're going to be aiming for mid-table safety, which is not obviously what they would have wanted to do at the beginning of the season. Mm, yeah, that sort mm. of plan for what they might have wanted to do has kind of gone out the window. Yeah. Um, similar question to yourself, Connor, and I also mm-hmm. just want to ask you, is there any, if you're, um, let's just say, for argument's sake, a middle-range Premier League boss looking for a bargain in January from Liga, who'd have thought? <laughs> uh, barring fitness aside, as, as Phil mentioned there, if, if all Monaco's players are once again fit, is there any any danger that there could still be players that would interest people in, in European leagues that could you know, p- potentially be taken away from that squad Henri has to, to fund purchases of, of lesser players to, to keep the books balanced? Yeah, I mean, I think it's hard to envisage any departures in January. I think, you know, agreeing with what 
uh, Phil said really is that I think the problems might be longer term. Uh, obviously, if they can steady the ship and uh, you know make sure that they survive this year, um, the problems might come sort of next summer once the players have got you know some players have got a full season under their belt, etc. Um, but obviously, once the injuries come back, I don't feel like they'll be you know their hand won't be too forced in January. Um, maybe actually, given that some of the younger players have experienced a bit of first team action now due to those injuries as well, they might appreciate that. Um, but I suppose uh, on uh, the other side of things, they might see that they might be missing out next year if the, if the senior team are back. So that might, I, I, I think it will kind of gear itself towards the classic Monaco summer exodus. So uh, who knows? Summer 2019, let's see. Yeah, yeah, I have a I have visions of a few of those names in the, in the summer maybe departing as well. And you wonder if somebody like the, the likes of sort of Falcao or um, uh, the goalkeeper whose name has completely escaped me, who's injured at the moment. What's Super his name? Supersitch, thank you. Mm. wonder if players like that might think they might have one more sort of big-esque in inverted commas move in them. But um, we shall see. We shall see. Um, we're going to uh, move on to um, things at the other end of the table now. As uh, In fact, before we talk Leon and Celestia in the derby, let's just give you a rundown of the other results of the games we're not going to cover so much this weekend. Um, we saw Dijon draw nil-nil with Bordeaux. Probably less said the better there. Not much reported, not much um, to be said here. Gorkouf Forfait was the main preview, and I'm sure we're all shocked to hell by that. Yeah. Uh, mind you, I think Bordeaux had two goals ruled out for VAR. They did, um, yes. Yeah. One of them I thought was a bit uh, soft, to say yeah. the least. There were um, some odd decisions this weekend, I think. There really was, yeah. As, as come on to some of the others later. I almost, I might make a point about VAR, actually, when we get on to that, because it's something that I've noticed quite a lot recently. Um, uh, yes, what else do we see? Uh, Nantes and Angers drew one all, one apiece. Uh, Bahokan getting the early goal for Angers before Waris, uh, former Lorient legend, of course, uh, equalising late on for Nantes. That, that was that was a nice goal. It well. was really That's good finish. That's a lovely finish. Tight yeah. angle as well, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rams picked up a, uh, a very important win for them in terms of staying in the uh, lowly, or sorry, Lofty is the word I'm looking for, position of eight, which they are. Uh, Chevalin and Dia with the goals for Marcus Turam. Uh, yes, that Turam getting the goal back for Gangon, too little, too late, and they were beaten again. Uh, Strasbourg, surprisingly, slightly surprisingly, anyway, losing at home to Nîmes uh, by a goal to nil. Sort of result you think Nîmes will need to, keep, to continue to get the odd one here and there just to keep themselves at the moment. They are uh, up in 11th, but as we mentioned earlier, it's very close between the leagues there. So a couple mm. of results like that will do them the world a good. Uh, I think Mitchell we, we, we kind well. of pointed that one up as being a potential good one to watch. And while it wasn't a goal fest, which I think I was expecting, um, the, quite a lot went on in the second half. There was also a red card for Mitrovic for Strasbourg. Yeah. Um, but Neem still doing their go straight at them lads approach, yeah. which is, I still think, great fun to watch. Entertaining, yeah, absolutely. Um, speaking of entertaining, on the Sunday games, we saw Montpellier draw two all with Wren, um, Hatton mm-hmm. Balafa um, putting Wren in front for Andy Delors double, seemed to have turned it on its head, but a uh, 71st minute Benjamin Bourigard penalty securing a point in the Phil Rich derby. That was harsh. Yeah, I thought it was as well, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought Montpellier had done enough to win that as well Mm -hmm. overall. But uh, nevertheless, points shared. uh, They weren't shared, though, in Nice, who got a very good result. Uh, Four wins on the spin for Patrick Vieira, now a 2 0 win over Lille, who are just starting to level out form wise a little bit. And they haven't won in four now 
Um, two goals there. For, uh, the first one coming from Cyprian, who's just starting to look like the player that he was before the injury once again. And uh, Alain Saint-Maximin, man with the greatest name and greatest hair in Liga currently, uh, getting the second to get the points for Nice. Um, and finally, on the Sunday evening, Marseille coming back from a goal down to Amiens after a, a pretty horrendous um, misjudgment from Steve Mondonda. Uh, but before a flow to toe, uh, notched a hat trick. And um, I want to give a bit of love to him, actually, because mm. three really good goals. Probably could have got fourth as well, but for a brilliant save. Uh, the free kick in particular was um, uh, Payet-esque because he sort of stood back and let him take it. Um, and the first and goal... I was... Ironically, Payet took mm. the penalty instead of... <laughs> yeah, and then missed the Tovan get his hat trick. Gertner um, saved it and then... Tovan scored his third anyway. So I'm still like, not, yeah, well done, lad. I'm still not quite sure how Gertner saved that penalty. It sort of defied physics how he seemed he's to. He's a very, it. very good goalkeeper. He just isn't getting a great deal of help. No, he's got very interesting hair as well. He looks sort of mm. like a, somebody who should be in neighbours. Um, he constantly looks like he's just got up. Whatever yeah. time of day he's playing, he looks <laughs> like he's just got up. Yeah, he does. He does. You're right. You're right. Yeah, he, does. he doesn't play like it, though. No, nope. absolutely. And um, on the move. as I say, I want to give credit to, to Florian Tovan. I know he's, there's this sort of common myth that goes around, particularly those of a Premier League nature. Well, he didn't make it at Newcastle, so he's not very good. Um, <laughs> yeah, the just, list of players. I was going to say, there's plenty of players worse than him who've not made Remy it. Cabela, um, for yeah. example. So, yes, yeah. plenty. So... Um, mm. Love for Floto uh, from, from this pod. Um, but we have missed out two games there. So first we'll go to the Rhone Derby. Um, Phil, what did you make of this one? A Jason Denea goal from a corner was the winner for Leon over St Etienne, who I think it's fair to say will feel very aggrieved that they didn't take something from this game. Mm. And I think this was a first half bad, second half better kind of sitch. Uh, like you say, Denea getting the goal did not feel like a natural thing to be saying they went to kind of three at the back for this which there was a lot of people on twitter kind of going why do that when you've got such good attacking kind of options they had this kind of weird wing back situation and then fakir behind two strikers who were both slightly sideways and it was just felt a bit you weren't quite sure how that had been set up and then of course rafael Proved the point by getting sent off for a, a tackle which he describes as being, for me, wasn't even a foul. Um, if you've seen any any of the pictures of it, it looks more like kind of ABH and everything else. I mean, the man's a liability, frankly. So it was, yes, it was a bit awkward. Um, when you're looking at kind of the shot stats and everything, it was kind of very level, 13, 14, 1, 3. Um, Santetian might be a bit peeved, but um, it was one of those ones that was, it's a derby, it's not going to be the best football. And then they didn't take advantage of playing the last 20 minutes against 10 men. So, yeah, so that put OL back up into second and Montpellier and Lille both signally failed to take their back off them, which Mm. irked me. Obviously, mm. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, and uh, it was it. Debushi's header was was probably the best chance that Saint Etienne had. But mm. overall, Connor, did you did you feel like 
is this almost was this almost the perfect warm up for Leon? We're going to come on to their European game in a second, but to to get the win, that was the key crucial part in all this, really, wasn't it? Regardless of the performance, they got the victory. Yeah, that that, get that, that is true. suspended. Hopefully, as well. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. I think it said a lot actually when you look at the full time whistle. Um, how much the Leon players were celebrating. Obviously, it's you know it's a big derby, so you do expect that, but. You know, this time last year, look at where Saint-Etienne were. I think it says more about them than, than Lyon, to be honest. Mm. The fact that they were really, really struggling around, you know, winter last year. Uh, the fact that they are now much further up the table and they're actually giving Lyon, you know, cause for concern. And they're not getting absolutely spanked. Was it four or five nil at home, uh, away, yeah. sorry, at the, at the Parc OL. So I think that says a lot about them. And for Lyon, although it's not the best performance, you know, you hit the nail on the head there, really. It's a really good psychological boost to win the derby going into a game like that. Not really expecting to get too much out of it, but play your heart out. Who knows? Could get another repeat of the Etihad, but as unlikely as it is. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a, that's a, a fair point. Um, we, I say we are going to talk about uh, that game with uh, Leon in European fixtures in a moment. Um, before we do, we'll just touch on the other team um, that's also going into European action this week, or at least going into European action with uh, a chance of progression anyway. And that, of course, is PSG. Um, Phil, we didn't see Kylian Mbappe or Neymar. Not a big surprise. It was a heavily rotated PSG side. Um, they beat Toulouse. Um, we, one thing I will have to say is that Cavani finish was world-class. I mean, I know we give him a lot of stick for, well, rightfully so, <laughs> for uh, for cocking a lot up in front of goal. But that was, t- to be able to turn and juggle the ball and finish was, was superb. They could have got more goals, but they, they never really looked that bothered it was kind of getting get yeah, the job done it was it was kind of underwhelming wasn't it i mean um look just looking at the xg from between the posts was 1.25 versus 0.73 it is toulouse who are 15th and are pretty terrible at the minute um toulouse who had 27 percent possession but 11 shots to nine three on target to two i'm psg without those two you know kind of talismanic players PSG also playing five at the back because of, you know, stuff. It just felt really underwhelming when you look at who PSG had put forward, even if they are playing um, Liverpool on Wednesday. They Mm. were playing Toulouse on Saturday. I mean, it felt like they really laboured at that. Which, you know, there's all this talk about, are they going to have the perfect season? And I'm just thinking, who is it that might kick a chunk out of them at some point? Mm. And it might be something like, you know, was it last season when Strasbourg were the first ones to, mm-hmm. to beat them? It's like Strasbourg and Real Madrid are the only teams that have beaten PSG. Weird. Uh, but it might be somebody like Toulouse, somebody down the bottom end of the table who are just digging in and being stubborn bastards. And if PSG don't, can't call on the moments of magic, which are more likely to come from Mbappe than Neymar, perhaps, um, then, you know, that's a problem. I mean, they won nil against Toulouse. It just feels very, ew. Mm. I, I don't think I'm articulating that particularly well, but you know what I mean. I yeah, think. wasn't wasn't convincing, <laughs> uh, to say the least. Um Connor, in terms of, um, I say we're going to talk about the Liverpool game in a second, but just in terms of the the main things to come out of this game, 
is the return of Danny Alves potentially uh, one of the the biggest strong points? I know he's he divides opinion in terms of that he's not a particularly good defender, but what he could offer PSG in terms of an attacking presence, even if it's as a substitute um, with his crossing ability and just mixing it up, is that probably the biggest positive other than the win to come from this game? Um, I don't know. I think I'm going to be a bit controversial and say not really. I really don't see why he should get in the team ahead of Meunier. Um, I think it's a perfectly good option off the bench. Uh, you know, as if they do what Tuchel has been uh, moving towards and five at the back, it, I think it suits him better. Personally, mm. I still prefer Meunier. He, get, he gets a ridiculous amount of goals for a fullback. Um, and I think he's twice the defender Danny others is. I don't think many would disagree with that. Um, I think it's just good reinforcements more than anything. I, I, obviously, there was the issue that he kind of caused between Neymar and Cavani as well. So there's that element of, is he good for the team chemistry? Um, yeah, I, psychologically more than anything and, and good to have a kind of backup on the bench. But I still think that Munier should be, you know, by far and away their uh, number, for, number one right back. Excuse me. Yeah, I mm. definitely, definitely agree with that. Yeah, I think Vinny is arguably one of the best right backs in in Europe right now. I uh, can't think. Of I'd agree many, with that actually. Too many better, um, but uh, yeah, if only he was left footed, I'd have him at Arsenal. But that's another story. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, let's let's uh, have a little discussion then. Um, that's obviously the weekend's action. Let's let's transition into into Europe. We're not going to have a debate as such this week because we, we're just going to focus on. Probably the the two big games. I think we're, we're gonna we, we know Marseille have gone, so sorry, Connor. We're just gonna leave that one aside. Um, Bordeaux are the only other ones likely to have a chance, but they're gonna have to win. It's gonna be tough for them. Uh, Ren the same. So we're gonna focus, uh, and of course Monaco. We've we've touched on. We're just gonna focus on these two big games in the Champions League. Um, so we'll, we'll start with with the the big clash, which is the PSG Liverpool game. Um, Connor, let me start with you. I mean, this we knew coming into this Champions League group that one of the big three of Napoli, PSG or Liverpool was going to fall. Um, I'm going to give you the, the negative end of the stick. <laughs> what happens if Liverpool trot into Paris and pick up three points and PSG go out of the group stage? What, what happens for this squad, for the, the project, for the ownership, for the whole lot? I mean, it's season over. To be honest, uh, the title's more or less tied up. Um, the domestic cups, obviously, they're nice to win, but I don't really think anyone cares Nobody about them. Cares. Um, you know, it's just go again for next year. <laughs> I think to, I, I don't see why Tuka would get the sack. I, I know that it is their crown jewel, whatever, um, but I think they'd give him a second crack. Um, I, I don't know, like it's season over if if they go out, but we'll, we'll wait and see. I guess uh, personally, I think that I think they'll nick it. On Wednesday, I really do. It's just Liverpool's away form in the Champions League is diabolical. Um, I think I saw something, it even extends back to, you know, last year, the amount of goals they've scored away is just, you know, so much lower than, they, than they've done domestically. So, you know, if PSG can just kind of keep that run going, I think they could win, you know, maybe just nick it. I don't think they'll run away with it. Maybe one sort of 1-0, 2-1. What's, what's the line. injury news? I mean, they've been saying... Uh, Tuchel has said that he said that they're both available uh, last I heard Um, but obviously I think people are taking that with a pinch of salt really Mm. I I have a sneaking suspicion both will play I mean I'm still calling 
uh, shenanigans that that um, Neymar was that badly injured in that friendly. Um, you know, Mbappe clearly was, but I just can't see. It's arguably their biggest game of the season. You know, it could be the biggest game of the season. I just can't see any way that both don't play. Um, but th- what- that's kind of the the thing we've been talking about about you know who turns up at the big games. Neymar mm. will want to play, but is there a risk that having you know missed uh, the Toulouse game for reasons, um, he's going to show up and start showboating, which is not what will be needed. I no. think Mbappe's got a much better handle on how you actually win games, mm. which given how much younger he is, it is impressive. But I mean, Liverpool's defence have sorted themselves out. Mm. So if someone's just going to start doing step overs and lollipops and then fall to the ground, you know, dramatically every couple of seconds, then a lot of this could actually come down to the refereeing. Mm. I think, which which annoys the hell out of me because I don't want it to come down to the refereeing. I want it to be about the football. But that could be, you know, if you've got, you know, some of the best strikers in the world on both sides, and mm. best attackers in the world, rather, on both sides, kind of racing at each other in a, you know, one of those kind of Troy style battle scenes where everybody just crashes into each other in the middle of the pitch, then whoever is, you know, blowing the whistle and waving the cards around is going to have to keep an eye on a hell of a lot of people, possibly hitting the ground quite a lot. So mm. I just, I'm, I'm kind of nervous about this match, just as a spectacle. Yeah. What, what, what sort of... Um... It's a bit of an odd question to ask, but I'll ask it nevertheless. What, what kind of style do you want PSG to go at? You know this this game with. I mean, would you like to see them four, think, three, get get the four three three back? The take Thiago Silva out. Hmm. Um, play a four three three. Even if you don't start one of Neymar or Mbappe, hmm. and. Um, you know, the the Gagan pressing, the high press or whatever, if you've got, as as we were saying about Mounier, he's got, a, you know, a cracking ability to get forward, but also be good defensively. And if you take Tiago Silva out of the mix, then you've got Kempembe and Marquinhos, who can also do that as well. So mm. I think, yeah, it's got to be a, a bit of a go at them. But playing three at the back, to me, doesn't seem to be the right approach. No, no. I know an awful lot about Liverpool's uh, formation and setup, but I'm imagining it's mostly fast people running fast. Gen- generally, and that's where I'll go to you, Connor, on this one. What, what sort of, what are the areas that you think PSG should be focused on in terms of when they're attacking Liverpool? I don't know how much you've seen of of Liverpool, but they are a side that. That as as Phil says, they do press. You know that is their their big thing. That that, that front three is is obviously uh, you know a, a, one of the better ones in Europe. But they are susceptible to a degree at the back. Mm-hmm. Um, there is an experienced in the fullback areas to a degree, and Robertson and probably Alexander Arnold. Mm-hmm. Is it a game that PSG? I mean, they have to turn up first of all, don't they? Because if they turn up like they did at Anfield, then mm-hmm. this could be over by half time. So, it, is there areas you'd, you'd be exploiting if you were in charge? Yeah, well, I think one thing they have to kind of avoid to do, which, um, you know, other teams have 
kind of uh, done similar. You, you can't play it long really into Cavani because Van Dijk is going to win most of those aerial duels. I think the key is really um, on Trent Alexander-Arnold's side, should he play. Um, I think obviously if you've got Neymar playing on the left, I, I know that at Anfield he was relatively nullified, but I think you just have to trust it. Neymar is a great player. You know, you like him all over them. He's one of the best around. I think you just have to trust and go with it. Uh, Alexander-Arnold, he, he's good for his age. He's had a good season, but he he can be lacking sometimes at the back and he can be a bit rash. Um, one thing that he's shown to do quite well is kind of intercept the ball quite high. Mm. So I don't know if there's a way that, you know, they can exploit kind of the area behind him when he's bombing forward. That's where I would kind of expect the focus to be. I think Robertson's a bit more solid and he is also quite quick, um, even though he'll be against Mbappe, who's obviously, you know, an extra level up. But if I were PSG, I'd probably focus down that left-hand side. Hmm. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I completely agree with that. And I think that the the biggest thing that they're going to have to do is they're going to have to work out, that, for example, that, that there has to be a game plan in place for if the worst happens, i.e., you know, if they do go behind, mm-hmm. they can't just go charging forward and, and hope for the best. You know, there has to be um, an element of thought behind this, this, yeah. this performance. I, I don't think Liverpool would be too upset with a draw here. Um, and then no, playing Napoli at Anfield, that would be you know, not the worst case scenario. For PSG, they don't want to have to go to Belgrade um, yeah. and rely on results elsewhere. So yeah. they really have to kind of you know, do the job if they can. Mm. Yeah, yeah, completely agree. So that's probably the, the big game um, in terms of uh, the spectacle. A lot of the eyes are going to be on um, that, that particular fixture and, and probably a lot of judgments, I would imagine, uh, based around... Um, people looking to stick the boot into PSG. I'm sure the neutral will be all in favour of Liverpool. Um, I certainly won't be, but that's me. Um, let's uh, let's talk Leon as well, Phil. Um, do you want to start us off with this one in, in terms of they host Man City, as we said before, they got the result probably of the group stage um, in beating Man yeah. City at the Etihad. Um, Still can't quite work out how that happened. Nor me, but I'm, I'm, I'll take it. Um, oh, yeah, but it's whether they can, <laughs> whether they can do it again is, a, is another issue. I think they're in a strongish position because City have got nine points, Lyon six, Hoffenheim three, and Shakhtar have got two. Hmm. And that's where OL go in the last game, where they might be feeling vaguely confident although they did only draw 2-2 um, at them at home so they're unbeaten so far but I think we all don't necessarily see that see, see that okay. continuing um, it's weird because like we said OL have got this wonderful array of attacking talent but there are still issues in defence and if there's one team you don't want to have issues in defence against going to guess Manchester City is up there um, and so I did wonder whether the kind of five man three five whatever defence um, in the derby on Friday was kind of a bit of a preparation for this they're going to go with the same formation which um, what they had they had the, the five defenders they had in Dombele and our and Fekir's kind of midfield triangle thing and Depay and um, Moussa Dembele as kind of two front men. Now, I think that would be sensible um, to kind of keep the Manchester City defenders busy. Um, But 
I, I don't know if they can still play now Rafa, I don't know if Raphael's banned because it was a league thing but you'd be an idiot to play him in this match I anyway, think he should I be eligible he hmm. should be eligible, but he shouldn't be let anyone in. <laughs> he should technically um, be eligible. But. Yeah, I mean, Phil Mendy obviously is great. Um, the, the, who are the other right backs at Leon? Uh, Dubois. Dubois. Yes. Kenny Tete, Kenny is he Tete. Fit? Yes. Sure. Yeah. Who are both better? So maybe that will be the, the way they set up, that it will be, you know, again, a kind of five. Three two five two three whatever in an attempt to kind of control uh, you know the people coming towards them uh, while having two focal points and and Fekir as well just behind them looking to to make a dent in in City's defence. So I think it was. I'm really looking forward to this game. I'm kind of not expecting to enjoy it <laughs> from a, from a French mm. point of view, but I think. You know, this this could be interesting, mm. but I do still expect City to win. Yeah, I, I think overall, I think we we probably would anticipate that being being the case, just just given their firepower. What from what's your thoughts on on this one, Connor? Overall, I mean, do you do you sort of foresee? Um, I mean, it's impossible to say what weaknesses Man City have because <laughs> they don't have a lot. But is there an area if you were one you know, of their change kits is really annoying? Yeah, there you go. That's, that's all that's I've right. got. It's <laughs> the like uh, the, no, no, no. The 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 luminous yellow socks thing. Oh no, I quite like that. It's the purple one. I I can't. Can't I, get like with, but... I, well, I like purple. I like purple. Yellow <laughs> annoys the hell out of me. But but garments aside, um... <laughs> that's all I've got. Basically, that's what I was. I mean, what may, may maybe I don't know. Would, would you go with this, Connor? Maybe the, the the fastest way to get in Man City's heads is just play them that Memphis Depay video. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just distract them the whole game. With, yeah, uh, it, that that was. If you haven't seen this, people look awesome. it up. I mean, it, words don't do it justice. I mean, it's, yeah. Um, anyway, carry on. <laughs> Still not the weirdest video by um, by uh, a footballer this week was uh, Patrice Evra. <laughs> oh, the chickens. That's, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's that something was, else, I think. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I've seen um, some football videos, but that's probably where I'll leave that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, either way, uh, City. Um, I, I mean, the only thing, like, uh, you know, Benjamin Mendy's out injured. Still, really not a big deal. They've got plenty of other World Cup play- class players who are going to come in. Um, you know, Leon. I-, I said this last time they played, and I'm sure I'll curse it again. But I'm sure they're, um, you know, they're not going to really cause City too much of a problem. And <laughs> incoming three nil win. Um, but we'll uh, we'll wait and see on that one. I think, you know, if they can get a point, they'll be very over the moon. If Hoffenheim win, of course, this week they'll go level on points and then play City, who will already be through, um, should they win. So, you know, you don't want to leave anything to chance. Like, last year when City were through, they played a bunch of youngsters, got battered by Shakhtar Donetsk, I think it was, uh, who picked up a last-minute win. So, you know, Leon can't really afford to leave this chance and need to try and at least get a point from this game. Mm, yeah, yeah, I would agree. I, th- I think it's it's one of those games that, that ha- it has the makings of, of everything. And I just wonder if... Leon were able to do, quote unquote, the impossible. Um, I just wonder how much of a boost that would give, not just Leon themselves, but but the the whole uh, sort of French game as a whole. Um, so we're not expecting it to happen, but you know, you just never know. So it'd be worth be worth tuning in for, nevertheless. Um, 
has anybody got anything they want to say on the teams we've left out? I mean, I said at the start there that there's not a lot to say, but I think Bordeaux is probably the only one that have even the remotest. Well, I definitely don't no. want to talk about Marseille. So, no. <laughs> Ren, Ren have, I think Ren have got the best chance. They've already got three. Oh no, they have to win both games. Mm. One of which is against Jablonek, who are bad, and the other against Astana, the astonishing uh, group leaders at the moment. They could still make it. I mean, Girondin have to win two and hope Slavia Prague don't get anything. So mm-hmm. I think it's pretty much Europa League busted flush again, which is extremely annoying. Because yeah. all these teams are, you know, the title isn't to play for. So you're playing to get into Europe. And then once you get into Europe, you're just playing to go back out of it again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, so go Wren. That's yes. what I'm saying. Go Wren. Go Wren. Yes. Um, well, I mean, I think I think it's fair to say that the eyes will probably be on two games this week rather than all five. But we'll, yeah. we'll I I may be out on Thursday. Let's put it yes, I'm, I'm going to definitely going to keep an eye on that PSG game. I'm I'm intrigued to see how how that goes. Okay, um, well that's the European preview. Just before we wrap up for this week, we will just take a look at what's coming up because we have got some quite tasty affairs next week. Um, Friday the thirtieth of november yes it's soon december people you can hear that coca-cola lorry from here um <laughs> saint etienne host not which in a strange weird kind of way i'm quite intrigued by yeah. um leal face uh leon which is undoubtedly the highlight fixture that's the four o'clock saturday game uh depending on what sort of mood leon might be after the man city game of course and then on the saturday night multiplex games we have angers against Caen, uh gangon in what you think again is another must-win game against nice although obviously nice upturn of form at the moment monaco face montpellier which again you'd as we mentioned earlier uh, yeah, nil-nil or uh, an eight-goal thriller. Um, and uh, the Crocs of Nîmes face Armian uh, on the uh, on the final game of the Saturday evening. And on the Sunday, we've got four further games. We've got Toulouse-Dijon at 2pm. Again, arguably a must-win for both, that one, particularly Toulouse. And uh, Marseille, for once, not on a Sunday evening, they're Sunday afternoon against Ram. Uh, Ren faced Strasbourg at the same time and we finish on uh, Sunday night with what I always think of as a classic fixture even though it would probably be 9-0 to PSG as they go away to Bordeaux um, at the Matmut Atlantique there we go got it out at the end um, that probably be worth a watch but as I say I think uh, I, I guess we'll, it would depend on what happens with PSG Liverpool as to what sort of mood PSG turn up in mm. if I was a Bordeaux fan I would be hoping for a PSG win against Liverpool because anything other than that you know who they're going to take it out on on Sunday um, but we shall see any of those um, particular stand out to you to you guys that you might want to be tuning in for um, I think uh, you, you did touch on it Toulouse Dijon um, something which has kind of slipped under the radar which might shock people Dijon haven't won since August um, they are really not in good form and yeah. it's, I think it's kind of gone under the radar because of how bad Monaco have been it's mm. just taken the heat off that bottom half of the table but you know the fact that they've gone so long without a win and they've you know really just sliding down the table I remember they were sort of in the top three by the end of August so um, that'll be one to watch obviously to lose as well um, not a, I can't believe I'm saying this not a bad result to lose 1-0 to PSG uh, at the Parc des Princes so um 
I'm sure they'll be, you know, up for the game as well. It's Dijon, probably their slide will continue. It'll be interesting to watch who can uh, come out on that one. Mm. Yeah, I think that's that is certainly one to to keep an eye on, uh, particularly for the um, the connoisseurs of, of French football. Um, was it uh, the the Lyon Lille game for for yourself, Phil? Is yeah, that the one? That I you think the, the whole kind of fight for second podium places, because with you know Lyon in second, Lille in fourth, Montpellier third, the podium finish is is very much kind of the the big fight because you know first is first is done so to have this game um particularly after Lille have just kind of screwed up their chance to take second back uh with that um with that loss against Nice but that was a loss against Nice and now away and now they're at home they're playing Lyon who are going to have had I'm guessing a difficult Tuesday. So that I think will be a really, really fun match to watch. And then, yeah, with, um, you know, Toulouse-Dijon, like Connor says, there's some some teams here who have got some character who are having a little bit of a little bit of shake. So I think also uh, OMRAS uh, might, might be an interesting one because they're quite close in the table and Marseille also were... They need to get their mojo, keep their mojo working to, to try and push up to get into that podium battle as well. But Lyon is, I think, definitely the, the game to watch this mm. weekend. Yeah, yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's a fair comment, and certainly the one that sort of has the most glamour, quote unquote, about it uh, or surrounding it. So, yes, Pepe, we should... Bamba, you know, bit bit, and all of that. It's. Oh. Uh, <laughs> all the uh, all the quick attacking, nippy, skillful players under one roof, as it were. Mm-hmm. Good, good stuff. Okay, um, before we go to see, have we had anything question wise or anything we want? No, to No, I I forgot to check. But please do send your questions in for next time. Um, <laughs> yes, we will. We will we're be have a podcast today. just for questions at this point. Yeah, we'll, we'll have a, we'll have a question <laughs> pod. It'll mostly mostly be people saying what's happened to Monaco um, yeah. but as we said we've got a, a piece up um, on Wednesday hopefully from Taz about Monaco and some of their younger players so even if you're depressed about how things are going there is still hope um, and yeah we've got um, I think uh, other other stuff in the in the um, in the pipeline to, to get to you but do send in any questions either on Twitter or below the article on the website lovely job thank you very much okay well we will of course be back uh, next week um it, it varies from week to week obviously we like to try and incorporate uh, fixtures upcoming uh, hence why we've gone early this week as uh, try and mm-hmm. keep it relevant but we will of course be back at some point next week uh, either the probably the tuesday or the wednesday i would imagine but we will be back um and uh, we'll have the weekend's games to break down as well as of course of looking back at what happened in Europe so uh, stay tuned for that uh, just remains for me to thank my panellists so thank you very much to both Connor and to Phil thank you yeah thanks and uh, yes may all your Thierry Henry Monaco dreams be fulfilled in the weeks to come uh, <laughs> until then enjoy your friendship all, and we'll speak to you very soon <laughs>